welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is episode number 97 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also joined by the esteemed Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Whee! I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Never gets old. Never gets old. Indeed. And I keep hearing your name on the uh, at the end of the, the Tone Jerks podcast as well. Uh, and I, whenever I'm listening along, I give it a wee because why not? So, uh, how are you, Matt? You all right? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yourself? Oh, yeah. I think, generally speaking, I'm all right. Good. Um, you sure I mean, you're not half left? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we, we we do this as if we've not been talking for like twenty minutes beforehand, but <laughs> it's always nice to um to uphold the uh, the the fallacy, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So um, let's crack on with this uh, this this year show. Um, what have you been up to, Matt? I've been playing music. Been playing. That's wonderful. Excellent. So what have I been up to? <laughs> No, elaborate, elaborate for me. Um, so, just after the last podcast recording, um, probably like two days later, I had another um, another practice with a new band. Um, finally, we've got a singer in. Um, so, like, rather than just somebody randomly shouting monotone the lyrics to try and keep us in time, and like, you know, like yeah. work out where bridges and choruses and stuff are, we had somebody who could actually sing. Um, which you know it it really helps because you can then sort of like get 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 the feel of how it's actually going to sound when you finally go out and gig it, yeah. Um, and really enjoyed it. The guy that's come in um, has sung in a couple of bands before, but most of the time when he's been singing in public, he's been doing it in one of the local amateur dramatic societies. Okay. Um, so he's like performed on stage, but more like you, yeah. you know um, musicals and stuff. Um, but he's really good voice, um, and he's a he's a big fan of sort of rock music and yeah. the blues especially. Um, and it just kind of like he he slotted in really well straight away. Just was was one of those kind of natural. Yeah, he's he's clearly the right fit for this role. Yeah, got to have some uh, some pipes on him to be able to sing uh, musical theatre stuff. Yeah, he's got a, a wicked vocal range, like. All sorts of stuff. So yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't wait to get out. We've got a. Obviously, uh, I'm away next week or like this week. Well, last week when this podcast comes, <laughs> I hate time. <laughs> you, you're away one of the weeks. Yeah. So you're not going to be here yeah. for the Sunday. Sunday. Cast? No, I don't get back on. I don't get back home till Monday. Um. So yeah, I'm going to miss the Sunday cast. Um. But yeah. So I. Uh, I'm not. I'm away, and then when I get back, it's TT, so it's kind of chaos on the island. So we won't be doing any practices then. Yeah. But after that, we're just going to hammer it week, uh, practice every week, and, and get things done because we. Were, I think we managed to go through fourteen tracks, which is basically one set list, like about an hour's set list. So yeah, yeah some going. Yeah, and hopefully by. Uh, by sort of like September time, we should be ready to be out and gigging. TT's come around real quick. 
Yeah, it really has. Um, and this year we've got a quiet TT as well, so I'm only actually gigging two nights in TT, which means okay. I can go out and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> which is what TT is all, all about. It's not about the motorcycle racing. It's about going out, watching live music, and getting sloshed. Yeah, absolutely. As should this this time of the year for, for everyone, pretty much. is It's the time of year to cut loose, let the, the, let the worries... Just melt away and just enjoy some bevies. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my plans for the next few weeks anyway. But yeah, um, so getting back to the the practice, um, we've got some songs that are very structured, like I'm I'm used to. But for the first time ever, really, rather than um, being told to right, we're going to do Red House, so we're going to do the intro, then we're going to do the first two verses then you're going to solo for two sets of 12 bars and then we'll do the last chorus, uh, the, the last verse, and then we'll do the outro. Yeah. Well, basically, they were just like, right, you go away and do a solo and we'll feel when you're coming back in. And if that's after two two sets of 12 bars, that's great. If it's after four, it's no, not, not fussed. Um, and like just feeling the way that like your soloing can also like manipulate the band. So like when you when you come yeah. down, like bring bring your bring volume levels down, down yeah, and, yeah. and just kind of like letting a, a bit of space sit in and then building everything up to a crescendo and then bringing it down and like just the fact that everybody is natural enough in that kind of environment to react to the way the other people are doing so when the the guy that's on um, keyboards when he's going off I can sort of sit back a little bit and bring the volume down a bit and just kind of sit back and do a couple of little phrases rather than just absolutely hammering the solos <laughs> yeah <coughs> I mean yes. it, it's having musicians with experience and awareness isn't it yeah and then it's having that freedom to kind of rather than structured and it's it's two bars of a guitar guitar solo then three bars of a keyboard solo then it's just kind of like feeling and and playing off each other and it's it's something i've never had before and it's really fun yeah it's, it's magical isn't it it's it's what um what especially that kind of music that kind of um bluesier music is all about yeah and then just having somebody the so the guy that came in to do the vocals that we we went through Red House a couple of times just because we used it to warm up when when we used it just just kind of like at the end of the night we just said right we've run out of songs that we all know yeah so let's do Red House again because we were all loving it and the fact that like he's not singing exactly the same words every time he's not just going right we'll do the first verse then the second verse straight away so one time we did it he did that and then the second the one time he was just like go for a solo and just like he basically sang the words and then pointed at me and cracked yeah. on and did another solo and then came back in and you know the, the fact that it's never going to be the same twice just adds to the the kind of the enjoyment yeah it keeps you on your toes but in the best kind of way doesn't it yeah yeah and it, it's it's great like the fact that everybody's able to do this like I, i'm i'm being dragged along by great musicians it sort of it's it's making me improve my playing yeah, just by playing along with them. Absolutely, I'm glad to hear that, man. Really glad. It's a great situation to be in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great fun. Um, other than that, I had a gig this weekend. Um, 
just a, a standard party gig. It was somebody's wedding. Yeah. Uh, we were told that we were going on at eight o'clock, so of course we started at half past nine because it's a wedding. <laughs> standard fair, standard fair. Yeah, and um, I actually, because it was on Saturday night, I'd watched the video the night before that we're going to talk about later, and I I included some some blues phrases in Johnny Be Good that I'd, I'd learned from the internet. <laughs> High five. That's it. Internet high fives, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's strongly hinting towards uh, something that I've done this week. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll carry on with uh, carry on with your experience because there was something slightly different about this uh, about this performance, weren't there? Yeah. So I rocked up to the gig with two guitars. I rocked up with my Cabernet and I rocked up with my Variax, and the Variax. I'd used at the band practice with the other band earlier on in the week. Yep. And I'd mentioned, like, I'd, I'd said to myself, look, I, I need to take the battery out and charge this because it's down to one bar. So, of course, I rack up to the gig, not having plugged it in at all, um, not having any time. Like, obviously, we thought we were going on at, at 8 o'clock. We didn't start getting set up until quarter past eight because they'd been using the stage for the ceremony itself. Yeah. And I had no time to worry about charging a battery. Yeah, plugging a battery. Because I thought we were going... So, got to it and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. The, the battery is just... It, it'll last for half a song and then die. I, I knew it would because yeah. it was it was, it was was on its kind of way. So, I used the Variax without, with just the magnetic pickups without using any of the technology at all. Yeah. Um, I just... It it just felt like I, I felt like a change. I, I play the Cabernet at every single gig, yeah. And sometimes you just feel like a change. Absolutely. So I rocked the the Variax, but without any of the technology for the entire two sets. So for like two and a quarter hours. I mean that that in and of itself is a testament. You had the Cabernet as a backup, but you chose the uh, chose the Variax. Yeah, like I say. It, I felt like a change, and even with just the magnetic pickups, they are fantastic. I know we've said this several times before, but it's a fantastic instrument. And the fact that obviously it's mine's a HSS strap, yeah. so it's a very versatile guitar. You can get most of the sounds that you'll ever need out of it. Yeah, yes, yeah. I had to beef up the EQ on the on the amp ever so slightly, but other than that, yeah. not much tweaking was needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, HSS is is such a versatile setup. So, um, I mean, it's it's ideal for that kind of covers band situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's almost perfect. I I rock the Cavanita because I like the sound. If I was going for yeah the sounds that are actually required yeah, for the song, authenticity, yeah. I'd be using the Variax, and you don't even need to have the Variax technology in there. You've got that bridge humbucker for the, for the rockier stuff. You've got the neck single coil for the kind of smooth stuff, and you've got kind of like the middle positions for those weird out of phase, or not out of phase, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like you the, get weird... the, the quacky <coughs> kind of scooped sounds. Yeah, from those yeah. two and four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you ever been playing the Variax where, where you get to... Uh, one bar on the battery where it starts flashing. I don't think I have because I mean I've I've done that quite a few times because I try I try and run it completely out before I charge it. 
um, just being a bit of a bit of a nerd, and I've been told that that's the best way to do it. Um, but I, I wanted to like get some feedback from yourself. So so check this next time you do, because my perception of it is that the the sounds change uh, on the Variax. Right. Okay. They, In what way? Um, they become less uh, less punchy. You get less of a less of an upper upper end um, harmonic content with the battery right, okay. dying. Uh, and it it almost I, from what I get from it, it almost sounds like the older Variax technology, where it's just a little bit flat. Right. So I, I know that if I'm if I'm playing the variants and I'm going, oh, I'm not quite feeling this, or I'm like fiddling about with the settings to try and get to try and find something. I always check the battery and just go, oh yeah, it's running out. Yeah, because I mean, to be, to be fair, that makes sense. Like when whenever anything's got a battery running down, it starts to change. It doesn't it? Like you know, even TV remotes stop working or stop working as well. And yeah, 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 absolutely. All that kind of yeah, stuff. pedals so it, as well. I mean. Pedals, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, fuzz pedals, they say sound better with dying batteries, but it, it alters the sound, doesn't it? It, it gives that kind of voltage starve kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, ne- next time you've you've kind of got a spare uh, <laughs> where a gig doesn't depend on it, um, yeah. see if you can see if you can identify like a, a marked difference in the, the tone. Will do. So, yeah, yeah, I've and if there's uh, if any of any of you listeners of Variax users as well have, have noticed that, please uh, please justify the fact that I'm not going crazy. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it does make me question whether uh, whether I am just a little bit <laughs> insane. Yeah, yeah, whether it's yeah. <laughs> but fair enough. So that's that's been you for this week, then, Matt. That's that's me for the last while, yeah. What about well, yourself? yeah, it's what been it's been, been more than a week, hasn't it? Because nowadays we uh, we don't do we don't do weekly. We do we do two almost within uh, within the space of <laughs> about five days of each other, and then we have we have a week off. Yep. Um, I know what genius decided to do that. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, less said about that, the better. So um, yeah, kind of springboarding from your. Your Johnny Be Good licks. Um, that was one of the things that I've done this week. Uh, so, I think um, the last time we podcasted, we talked about uh, talked about the Dave Rage YouTube channel and how he'd uh, done some stuff with the Maybury guitars. Yeah, uh, and then pretty much a, a few days after that, he brought out um, a video doing some uh, some blues licks. Uh, and he showed, he did. yeah. So he showed, um, he showed two uh, kind of staple, uh, staple blues licks. Well worth, um, well worth getting under your belt if you don't know them. Um, so I would check them out. Um, but I thought, uh, I, I watched it. I already knew these two blue, blues licks, and I thought these two blues licks are awesome. But they're both both minor blues licks. So I'm going to do something about that. Uh, so I decided to do a video response uh, where I altered those two blues licks and turned them into 
uh, into major uh, major licks. Yeah. Uh, so the the first one, and as you as you say, it kind of it's very Johnny Be Good, isn't it? Yeah. So the one that you, your response was basically changing it from that kind of minory blues into that kind of rock and roll Johnny Be Good or the uh, Chuck Berry style that major influence blues. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah the kind of yeah rock and roll more than anything, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I mean. It's, you you find it with um, with some of the the great blues players where there's uh, the minor licks, but then also uh, mixed in with the major licks to give that kind of um, light and shade kind of thing all in all in the same song. Uh, so it's it's nice to have the uh, the major alternatives as well. Uh, so I thought yeah. that would be that'd be really good. It also gave me a chance to uh, <laughs> to show off my. Well, it's not green, SG. <laughs> it did. It did that. Um, which, um, if I do say so myself, sounded rather tasty. It does sound rather good, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time I play, um, it's, yeah, those staple pickups. Like I say, they're, they're not your, your average um, your average P90, because they're a bit more single coily sounding than the new average P90s. Yeah. Because they tend to be log, really kind of mid-focused, really honky. Uh, whereas these are quite uh, piercing in the, in the sense that they cut through really well. Uh, and the they have the the um, the ability to get thinner, uh, yeah, yeah. which you, which you don't um, don't have with P90s. Um. But they they also do that kind of creamy mid range as well. You slap a bit of drive on them and they get there. <laughs> um, and this was yeah. what I was doing with that video. Yeah, it sounds like like I say the guitar sounds great. Um, it really does. I, I I love the sound of it. Indeed, even through the YouTube compression. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it's not green is just uh, <laughs> this is the cherry on top, isn't it? Um, yeah. However, after after doing that video and um, another another couple of videos with the uh, with the SG, um, I realised that I do need to uh, I need to change the tuners on it because they are <laughs> dreadful. Um, they they didn't do too badly, if I'm honest, but they are the weak link. So yeah, um, the issue however comes in that they are uh, vintage style tuners so that the 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 vintage hole which is like 8 mil rather than 10 mil yeah um, and you can get shed loads of 10 mil hole um tuners uh, not very many 8 mil well you're limited and the, the ones that I usually go for um are like locking tuners disc locking uh from a company called Vanson um, right. Okay. And they're absolutely brilliant. Like nineteen to one ratio disc locking tuners, really cheap as well. I think they they come in under the thirty quid mark, which is not bad for a set of tuners. Um, and they, I mean, they're so good that I, I replaced, um, I replaced the ones on on my Ibanez Fireman. So I replaced the stock uh, stock tuners on that for them. Yeah. Um. 
and I weren't quite brave enough to to get ten mil uh, ones and then have to drill out the drill out the holes. Yeah, you can do a lot of damage to the finish trying to drill holes out, can't you? Well, I I, I don't necessarily worry about the finish because I'm already it's it's a really thin finish on this um, on this SJ because it's it's a very cheap guitar. Yeah. Um, the the finish is already it's already like a satin finish, so they've not glossed it, which is where I assume they've um, they've cut the corner with that one. The finish is really light as well. There's a little spot on the back of the neck where there was a minor imperfection in the uh, in the finish, so there was just like a little raised spot, almost like a, a piece of dust had got in, and then the the just like sprayed over it anyway. Yeah, and just running my my fingernail over it, I've now got. It's gone straight into, down to the wood, so I've, <laughs> yeah. so I've got a, 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 a tiny little bear patch on the back, uh, which is only going to get bigger um, and only going to get more awesome. Um, yeah, because I think that it will really, it will really kind of set the look off on that guitar. I I was expecting it to be like a very thick poly finish, just because it was a cheap guitar. So I'm surprised that it's a very thin. Yeah, it goes one or two ways, doesn't it? You either get like absolutely caked in caked in poly and just uh, finished within an inch of its life and get yeah. this like super high gloss and like really sticky necks yeah or you get this really really bare kind of just maybe like one or two coats and then that's it and, yeah. and this is what they've gone for so I imagine like over the next kind of year or so I'm going to start seeing more spots where it's wearing down and I might even take the finish off the back of the neck and get some of that gunstock oil and yeah, and rub it, rub that in to make it a proper player's guitar. Because yeah. let's be honest, there ain't no resale value in this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So <laughs> it's, uh, to be fair, you didn't buy it for the resale value. Though, no, did I didn't. You? I, I bought it because it was a snot green burst <laughs> SG. Uh, it looks great, like. I'm just having a look at it again because I'd forgotten it was a burst, but yeah, it just it looks like a sexy mofo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I really enjoy taking the piss out of it, but I, if I didn't like the finish, I wouldn't have bought it. So yeah, yeah. And I, I love the fact that because it, it's got this, because it's a cheap guitar, it's got a really weird join with the. I think it's two pieces. I do. I do say that it's three pieces in one of my videos. I think it's two pieces. It's got like a massive, massive piece for the the bottom section of it, and then almost just kind of the the top horn section. There's another piece that just doesn't match in the slightest. So if you look at it closely, you can see you can see look like, really yeah, clearly. There's a line like it's almost like exactly if you take the the curve of the horn hmm. it's almost exactly at the, the the peak of the curve before it starts coming back out again yeah 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 it's there's, there's just a line in line with that yeah yeah and I, I love the fact that it's just it it's that because <laughs> it it's just it's an oddball and I, I I really appreciate that yeah but it's an oddball that sounds fantastic and it's really light as well um which is an absolute godsend. And uh, so far, I haven't had any neck dive with it as well. Excellent. So that's a, that's a bonus. That's always the worry with SGs. Like, 
my vintage um, the headstock is very thin and the neck is quite a thin neck which I assume was to try and avoid the, the headstock dive and it it sits a little bit down but it's not like uh, some people I've seen where like they let go of the neck the, and it yeah, literally it, it, dr- yeah, goes for the floor yeah, whereas dogs, yeah. like my XG well my, my vintage one kind of sits at like a 20 degree slope so it's not like a full yeah. on the floor thing but it, it is slightly down if I but I mean, I, when I'm playing it, I'm holding it anyway, so it really doesn't bother me. Yeah, that, that's it, isn't it? And I've, I've found that with the with the strap that I've got on the SD, because I, I, I buy a strap for each of the guitars, because I'm I'm a bit like that. I don't like to adjust straps. Um, yeah. So I, I had this strap, and I found that I play the SG lower than I play everything else, which is a bit rock and roll. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I have a strap for a guitar, and if I get a new guitar, um, either one of the guitars becomes a guitar I'll only use at home, and then I'll take the strap off that one, or I'll buy another strap. Yeah, I mean, I think that I've only got maybe two guitars that don't have their own uh, own strap, so I will remedy that. I'll, I'll, all guitars that I have, if... If they aren't road worthy, I make them road worthy, so that I yeah. can can take them out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think the the problem is the the kind of straps that I buy, they're ridiculous fluffy straps, and they're becoming more and more difficult yeah. to source. <laughs> so I might have to grow up and have a proper strap. But hey, hey, no, no, just you'll always be able to find them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, just like bargain bins and stuff. Um. So, I've I've done that. I mean, I've done, like I say, some more more YouTube stuff. Which by the time this comes out, there'll be some more. Um, but we've got we've got a, another couple of weeks in the bag. So, um, one of one of which, um, our good friend Mister Fletcher has um has let me lose on one of his guitars. Um, <laughs> you can see the 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 childish glee in my face um <laughs> it's a 12 string telecaster oh my god it's a 12 string telecaster um it's so it's gear for music they do they do a range of guitars cheap cheap guitars and again this is yeah. like this is very thick lacquer um so this is the complete other end of the spectrum um neck like proper boat boat style neck like massive because it's got 12 strings um and yet i it, it, there's an art to playing a 12 string <laughs> there is an yeah they're not it, it's not the same it, like i've I, i'd only recently well like three years ago was the first time i ever played a 12 string um it was an acoustic rather than electric yeah it's a bit weird isn't it it's, yeah it's strange and <laughs> the uh the the saddles on the uh on the telecaster so it's it's like six saddles but the uh the string heights so the 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 normal quote unquote so the eadgbe in the normal kind of gauges sit higher in the saddle than the 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 uh the thinner sympathetic strings do yeah so it's almost like if if you were to feel the guitar, if you were to like feel feel the the strings, you'd only be able to feel the six of them until you press down. You press. So yeah. that it was it was good that they do that because it it 
it's less of a uh, less of a kind of transition between that and a normal quote unquote guitar. Um, but it threw me off at some points, and you can you can see like because I've done a video on that one as well. You see in the videos where it completely throws me. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like that sounds like I've not. I'm pretty sure all the twelve things I've played, the strings have been at the same height. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the acoustics sure usually normal. are. Yeah. Uh, like even the uh, like I've played a, a, a Dano twelve string at okay. one point in my life. Like and again that I'm pretty sure the strings are at the same height. Yeah, it was. I, I I don't the the sound of a, an electric twelve string is not what I expect from a twelve string. Like if you say twelve string, I instantly think wish you were here intro that kind of ringing open chords on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I gave that a go. I really don't know that song well enough. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, um, I managed to get the band, the new band, to say yes, we're going to do that. By the way, so Fantastic. I didn't waste my time learning that song. Brilliant. It's one way of doing it, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. My procrastination worked. But yeah, um, like uh, the the only thing I can think of where there's um, tw- electric twelve string on it. Um, off the top of my head is the Arctic Monkeys um, when they were doing their AM tour every time they did um, Do I Want to Know Alex Turner would rock out a 12 string okay. and it made the song sound incredibly different just because instead of that riff just having that there was obviously an octave above it yeah. and it just sounded weird I wasn't a big fan I, I don't like it. he had one of the Vox ones you know the teardrop Vox 12 strings. I do, yeah. I do. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the sound of that at all, so it'd be interesting if you can see, like, find a place for it to sit, because, like, with Drive, it kind of me- meshes the, the, the octave and the original together and just sounds a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. The Having an octave um, with Drive, it, it's, it's very, very, it's very, very harsh. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'll I'll leave the kind of summations for it for uh, for my video, but as a as a kind of as a brief thing, what I would like to use it for, I'd be better off with an octave pedal. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some some plus points and some negative points to it, and I think part of the part of the negative is that I'm really not a twelve string user. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. Um, just before I forget, as well, there's a, a final kind of YouTube thing that we're we're doing this week. Um, the I think Lee mentioned it on last week's podcast, where he was talking about phase two of the um, the pedal boards of doom YouTube, and fingers crossed. Hopefully, I'll uh, I'll be getting on that, so I'll be creating a bit of content for the uh, the pedal boards of doom YouTube. Excellent. So that should be should be pretty cool, and uh, I've got something recorded already, so that might be coming soon. Ace. Um, Ace. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't be too bad. Shouldn't be too bad at all. Um. So we've got. Uh, oh, we've we've got a lot to do. Uh, I've, just, I've still not finished my what I've been up to this week because I did something today actually, and I'll, I'll be brief with this one. Um, I 
I got a fuzz pedal. Um, I got a fuzz pedal. <laughs> it's a JSA fuzz pedal. Uh, it's called the uh, modified uh, muff, I think. Right. Um, which I'm sure there's a joke. Mm, I don't know. I think I think we're gonna have to leave we'll that on to, Yeah. Yeah. You've you've listened to us enough to to make that joke yourself. Um, so uh, modified muff. It's not it's not based on a uh, electro harmonic pedal um, and it's more of a kind of vintage um, fuzz um, and the great thing about it is it's one knob um, much like the, the Raise the Dead it's one knob so you can't mess it up if you if you turn turn the knob you just get a louder version of it um, okay and it sounds fantastic. Absolutely blooming fantastic. Um, it does all of the things that you want um, fuzz pedals to do. So it does the kind of the the volume cleaning up, becoming kind of more of an overdrive. Uh, yeah. There'll be a video coming out on my Instagram channel very soon um, where I alter the the tone part as well. And how that, because it's a single single knob um, muff, essentially. The there's no and there's there's internal uh, controls, but on the fly there's no kind of tweaking for that. But the the tone uh, tone control gets you like really kind of really vintage sounding, gets you that really smooth violin style fuzz. Yeah. And then you crank open the the tone control to get that kind of gritty, dirty, dirty fuzz tone. It's absolutely amazing. Problem nice is dynamic. It's it's exactly that. It it takes what you give it essentially. Yeah. A muff that takes what you give it. Come on, man. Come on. Not <laughs> with the one knob in it. It's <laughs> a muff with one knob in it that takes what you give it. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've managed to avoid that that <laughs> minefield of innuendo there. <laughs> the The problem is now, though, uh, I weren't planning on putting it on a board, but I've got to now because it sounds so bloody good. <laughs> You've now got to find which which board it goes on. That's it. Or oh, get multiples of one on each. Yeah. Take the compressor yeah. off, because who needs a compressor when you've got a exactly. dirty fuzz tone? Exactly. Do you want to play fuzz, or do you want to play country music? I mean, <laughs> I'd like the option of doing both. But Why would you I want to play country music? I don't think you can do country with a fuzz. <laughs> so uh, I, I've, I've just looked at the time, and there's no way that we're getting through half of the stuff that we've got planned for today. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I've written it off already. Um, so we'll 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 go on to our uh, fresh, fresh, spanky new um, um, segment. The the week in guitar. Um, so we've we've been 
trolling the YouTubes some for some stuff. Yep, all uh, of the YouTubes. Indeed. Um, pretty much the uh, the last podcast that we did, almost directly afterwards, was one of these videos, weren't they? Yeah. Um, they're, they're literally as I'm pretty sure it dropped as we recorded. <laughs> yep. And what I did directly after uh, after we'd finished the podcast is I went and watched it. Uh, so our good friend Mr. Andrew Ferris, aka the Toman Man, Man, Toman, um, yeah. aka the Guitar Geek. Um, he's doing a uh, a video series at the moment um, called On the Bench. We've mentioned it a few times because it's it's quite close to your heart because it's your guitar that is on the bench, isn't it, Matt? It is. So for those of you that aren't aware, it's a 90s Les Paul studio. I think it's 95, but I can't remember. Um, it's not really important. The 90s ones are all very sort of similar spec. Yeah. So because it's 90s, it's an ebony board rather than rosewood. Um, and, you know, um, he's been... It was it was a very unloved guitar when it was picked up. With scratches all over it, dinks here and there, um, and inspired by an old series of on the bench that he had, um, which was I think dubbed "Cleaning Up a Dirty Les Paul." <laughs> <laughs> um, Can't get away from these I, bloody innuendos this week, can we? <laughs> they're all over the place, aren't they? Um, I'd mentioned that obviously it was a it was a a fantastic series and I'd love a Les Paul um, and at the time Andy was like well, well um, I'm not looking to sell that one but I mean I, c- I could do something similar I was like oh, I, just, I don't have the disposable income to drop to try and find one of these things to then ship it over to Austria for you to do stuff and for you yeah. to ship it back and he's like well I happen to know somebody who's selling a 90s Les Paul studio because um, the, the the other one was a studio light which was the one with yeah, balsa like wood a, in the centre balsa wood <laughs> in the centre which is a bit weird but yeah um and he's like, I know somebody who's selling a, a studio. Rather than you paying me up front, you know, um, we're friends, known each other for a long time. Send me X amount a month, um, and we'll, we'll sort of pay it off in, in that kind of way. And um, once you've paid it off, I'll I'll fix it up and, and send it over. So that's what he's now doing. He's now fixing it up. Um, and it went from, oh, yeah, just do exactly what you did with the other ones to so just fake binding around the edges, strip the back, strip the neck, and true oil it, and then send it over to me. And then as the series was going on, people were like, oh, you should take the top off as well. And I was like, you know, it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the top got stripped. Um, he's now staining the top black, so it was a black one anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's come up really nice. But spoiler alert for the for the next video. So fret talk podcast exclusive. If you if you watch the most recent video that we're talking about, yeah. there's there's a, a time where he sands it back at because um, he's not quite happy with the finish, and it looks like a pair of stonewashed jeans. And he was very impressed with the finish, and I was very impressed with that finish, and. I left a comment just saying, oh, you know, if you'd have, if you'd have messed me when you said about the Stonewash jeans look, like, um, that you really liked it, I, I could have saved you a little bit of time. And he's like, there's plenty left to do. Do you want me just to, to, to bring it back to that finish? And I was like, I kind of do. So, yeah, it's it, 
Yeah. He's now shown you what you can do if you want to stay in it, but yeah. he's now going to bring it back to that kind of like Stonewash finish where some of the grain is completely clear, some of it's like a little bit grey. It just looked epic. I really, it did look really, really dig good, that yeah. finish. I thought, I mean, to uh, be fair, I, I was digging it when he put the first first coat of uh, stain on it. I thought, oh, that's really good. And he went, no, it's not good enough. I'll do it again. And then yeah. kept doing that. And he <laughs> just kept looking better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a perfectionist, which which sort of helps me in the case yeah, of like... Fair as well, doesn't he? I, I'm getting... Like, I'm, I'm lucky to, to know Andrew and to, to have him do this for me because there's a hell of a lot of work that he's putting in for this guitar and I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm going to be the recipient of it because there's plenty of people in the in his sort of comments going, oh, I'd love to buy it off you. Yeah. Um, and they can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I I really really have been enjoying the uh, been enjoying the series um for the fact that it's uh, that I know where that's going and I I know that it's we we're, we're going to be spending so much time talking about it as well um but the the previous one with the Les Paul Studio Light I really loved that video as well um and we were having a little bit of a chat about it before the podcast and just saying how he can do like uh, like a 10 15 minute video about the most mundane shit that you would you'd hate <laughs> to be doing yourself but he he draws you in so much that it brings you on that journey and you you're just kind of you are hanging on his every word with it yeah like if 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 you did like if you took it just as kind of rather than a guitar it's a piece of wood like there's one video where there's like Eight minutes of sanding. Now, if you googled uh, like or YouTubed eight minutes of sanding, <laughs> yeah. you'd think that you've gone insane. But this is exactly what he's doing. But he he's able to keep you engaged with the way that he he cuts and edits and and comes across and and sort of talks you through the steps and yeah, he, he's uh, yeah, just really love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's that's pretty much our our pick for this uh, this not only week but for this month pretty much if you haven't kind of cannonball all of that previous series um and and then get caught up with this one it's like game of thrones isn't it you can't be <laughs> can't be a week behind yeah but yeah. that's over now so now now that game of thrones is over and you've got a you've got a little uh, kind of void in your life for televisual watching go over to gisagi can check out uh, Check out his sanding videos. Honestly, like the way that we describe it, it makes it sound so fucking boring. Um, but it is, it's, it grips you. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm always leaving on uh, comments on his, um, on his videos saying, like, give me another, another video of ten minutes of sanding. And if you were looking at that, that comment, you'd think he's, he's clearly taking the piss. Um, but no, honestly, it's. So therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was one of the things that uh, I'd kind of scared, scared the YouTube land for this week. Um, another one that kept cropping up and I didn't want to click on it because it, it was like, oh, this is, it's it's a bit of a clickbaity title and I try to avoid those as much as possible. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do it. not going to do it. And then like this, uh, this afternoon came along 
and it cropped up again and I went okay you've, you've been you've been so tenacious I'm going to reward reward that tenacity uh, and I clicked on it the video was a guy called Paul David uh, and it says something like Frusciante not playing into it or doesn't tune his guitar question mark question mark question mark like, okay you've got me now come on um so the the tale of it was uh this chap he does kind of um youtube videos where he tries to get as close as he can to recreating the sound of songs um and he did scar tissue uh yeah by the chilies um and when he was playing along with the track he like his guitar was perfectly in tune but he played along with the track and it didn't sound good like didn't sound great at all like my guitar sounds out of tune um realized that the the b the b string on uh on scar tissue had been detuned so he he, he like worked it out scientifically got on his tuner and like notched it down until he he figured it was like between 13 and 14 cents flat uh and i think i watched uh i watched something on like one of these classic album things or something where eddie kramer um like suggested to people to tune their their b string flat because it sounds better um but so the, the the kind of the premise behind the video um was that with um with tuning um if you're looking at like the the notes in terms of intervals the way that they work is they are kind of subdivisions of your original kind of wave so like an octave is like a two to one ratio of the the original original wave so it's like twice as fast um and the uh the ratio that's usually the most difficult to get right is the the thirds because they're in a really really weird ratio like five to four or something like that yeah um and because of that the the, the tuning system that was developed like however many hundreds of years ago um kind of takes that into consideration and where some um in some keys um your your major third would sound nice if it was tuned tuned straight if you then went to another key and tried it it would be it would be so far out that it sounded out of tune so they kind of evened it out a little bit so that all 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 notes are incrementally out of tune which i i this blew my mind like i'd never ever heard of this before and so like all they do is they divide everything up into sense so basically there's a hundred between every single note so between f and f sharp and yeah and actually if you're doing a fifth or a third from f it would either need to go slightly sharp or slightly flat so if you're like on the same string it can't be sharp and flat at the same time so they kind of mashed it so that it was like yeah. halfway between for everything so that everything is slightly dissonant yeah, yeah. it's just very difficult to hear and obviously yeah it's it 
it was it was something like watching this video. I've always struggled with tuning by ear because when I tune by ear, I then find that my tuner tells me I'm not in tune, <laughs> and I thought it was just because I can't tune by ear. But what he's saying is I'm too good at tuning That's by it, ear. You 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 you're a master. Um, yeah, I mean, like having uh, that information that essentially all of music is a lie um, <laughs> made me doubt a lot of my life choices. Um, well, that's it. He's, he's like, technically, like yeah. it should be like the, the four fifths of this, but it's actually yeah. when you when you look at it, we're we're doing four fifths, but we've added three on just to kind of make it. Yeah, yeah. So so that the rest of that string isn't wildly out of tune. So he said like um, the the major third was like thirteen point nine cents flat, but then if he was doing the major sixth. In that yeah, key, it, it was it was the other sharp. way. It was thirteen cents sharp. Yeah, sharp. So if you do it thirteen cents flat, you're now twenty six cents sharp. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so yeah, it becomes horrendously out of tune by that point. So it's it's all about kind of splitting the difference and and being slightly out of tune always, rather than being horrendously out of tune sometimes. Yeah, and then he he showed with this perfect tuning, like if you if you created it on a piano because of the way that the like chords work they sound out of tune yeah yeah even yeah. if they're even even if they're technically yeah exactly it's, mathematically right because the third doesn't match with the fifth yeah and it just it, it just sounds like a horrible out of tune mess he's doing it on one of these did. like midi midi yeah he was he's playing up, like play, just just playing kind of up and down kind of diatonic chords and it was it yeah by the time he got up to like the fifth it sounded, it sounded shocking. Yeah, um, which was it, it just blew my mind that would like the tunings aren't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the music sounds great. So there you go. Tuning is a lie. I think is is the thing that we take <laughs> that we take from that that music has yeah. been lying to you this whole time, and your your tuner um, is out to get you pretty much. So there you go. Yeah. And and that um, riff from Scar Tissue, I'll never ever hear that uh, without <laughs> remembering that music is a lie. That's it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a musical uh, reminder of the betrayal. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, um, we've got one final final Ubi Tubi um, clip. Um, and this is one that I, I snuck up on you for um, for a reason because we're going to play a little game for this as well. Um, right, so uh, beards, uh, sorry, riffs, beards, and gear. Um, chap um, has a little deal going with Sweetwater where they uh, sponsored his episodes. They let him uh, take the cheapest uh, the cheapest guitar on their website. Um, and he's going to do a little giveaway with that, uh, so it might be worth um, like signing up and and staying staying abreast of that situation. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that, that got you, didn't it, Matt? Um, that tickled me a little bit. Uh, so what he's going to do with it? He's going to he's going to mod it and make it like a like a proper workhorse, uh, which is awesome. So. Um, 
before I tell you what uh, guitar it is, I want you to, uh, to have a guess. So have a think of what would be the cheapest guitar on Sweetwater. So this is a guitar that you will have heard of, okay? It is not kind of like Sweetwater's own brand um, instrument. It's, it's, a, it's a legit... <laughs> quote unquote legit. Okay. Um, so are we talking some form of squire? Maybe. Or squire, squire bullet mustang? Um, you're close. Is it squire bullet strat you're, or tally? No, you, you're really close. Um, so, um, that that would have probably have been the other choice had he have gone for it, the uh, the bullet mustang. What came oh, is it the Epiphone SL? It is the Epiphone SL, yeah. So, of course it is. So, yeah, I mean, there, there were like a few choices, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, he went for the Epiphone SL. Um, mainly for the, the aesthetic that it was kind of like junior inspired. Um, and he said that um, the the guitar like he, he gave it a couple of couple of plays through did did some like riffs and some like a little bit of lead work on it as well uh it said the compensated bridge worked really well it, it it was intonated well enough that he didn't notice the tuners were fine uh it really dug the the slim uh slim profile on the neck and the fact that it had a 14 inch radius as well is really um really encouraging for the the beginner guitarists as well <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool um what i wanted to to kind of throw out is if this was uh if this was your your choice of making this video and you had to go for a guitar that was kind of under the um under the 150 mark let's say um yeah what would you go for? Now, off the top of my head, I don't know what's under 150 and what isn't, but I assume a bullet Telecaster is probably around that, hopefully a little bit less. Yeah, okay, so, like, um, I, I reckon the affinities are less than that, aren't they? Because they're, they're kind of 120 to 1, 140-ish, I would have thought. In that case, yeah, I'd, I'd go for something like that, but with the caveat that it needs a professional setup. If anything that you buy at that price range is going to have not the best setup in the world, there'll probably be fret ends, it'll probably need a fret level, um, and then you'll need to yourself go, like, either, either get that sorted or take it to somebody who can sort that for you. Yeah. But I think you're going to find that with any guitar at this price point, so I'd, I'd, I'd go for a, a Telecaster for the simple yeah. reason that I want something that's hardtail because I think if you get a strat at that um, price, you need to make sure that you never ever try and use the tremor arm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the rookie mistake, isn't it? That a lot of these cheap strat style guitars come with the trem system, and there is absolutely no way. There's no way of getting that to be not crap. No, I mean you you basically need to spend the price of the guitar. To get a good trem system on a strat, like a functioning one. Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, um, the 
they're doing a sparkle, uh, sparkle red affinity strap, uh, affinity telly. Sorry, um, at the moment, I think that comes in at one uh, under one fifty. So, I would very that much. That sounds perfect. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that one. Um. But it comes back to the the argument that we, I mean, the argument, the discussion that we have quite often on this podcast is that beginner guitarists have got it so good these days. Compared to even, what's it, I've been playing since I was four, so I've been playing 14 years at this point. Yeah. And, like, what was out when I was starting was two and a quid starter packs, which I had an Ibanez G10, the the other options were basically your your Squire Affinity series with that came with the like ten watt Mustang or whatever the amp that came with them. Yeah. But if you were just going for a guitar, it was it was literally Squire's Affinities or the Les Paul Special Two Epiphone Les Paul. Is that? Am I remembering right? Is that the bolt on Les Paul? Yeah, yeah, very similar, I believe, to the um the SL. But they had actual pickups, and it looked like a, a, a Les Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From the back, it didn't, but yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you squint your squint your face, <laughs> it looked kind of Les Paul-y. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had the same outline, didn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there's there's quite a lot. Um, quite a lot available. Um, swinging back to the start of the start of the podcast, the twelve string uh, from Gear Gear for Music is under a hundred pound, um, and although definitely not like professional gig worthy, um, it's way more serviceable than the crap that was under a hundred pound when I started out. But you could Yeah, well when we like it was yeah. an encore, basically yeah. you were buying an, an encore or you were going to believe Woolworths. Yeah, I mean Encore or Stag were pretty much the names, weren't they? And Yeah. Um although Stag have um kind of clawed themselves out of that um that kind of bracket of like unplayable tat. Um the the quality back then and you'd even get like some vintage stuff as well which was quite similar where it was just yeah. it was not up to standard they'd cut cut corners and they'd have like plastic tuners on them and yeah. and and stuff like that and he's like oh. there's some that i've seen it's like some cheap kind of starter guitars that i've seen that have got plastic saddles He's just like Which, that's not going to function. No, it's it. Yeah, it, it it might you might be able to get it in tune once or twice, but the moment you start playing it, the strings are going to cut into those saddles. Yeah, you're gonna have to screw out. Yeah, you're gonna have, you're gonna. I mean, you, you're gonna end up having to replace them because they'll just slice through through those um, yeah. saddles. Yeah. Yeah, at least, like these days, and I think as much as people shit on Harley Benton, um, they have caused this by 
giving you so much variety for under 200 quid. Yeah. And the quality that's coming out of there, like, yes, for every five guitars that comes out, there's one that probably ends up getting sent back because there's an issue with it. But most of the people that you see get them online say, oh, there's 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 one issue with it, and it's something that you can easily fix yourself or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, and, and I've, I've played a, f- a few now, and the the biggest problem that I had was the strings, and you can sort them out. If you if you know how to sort out like a, a quick setup, quick clean. Generally speaking, most of the the issues are sorted then. Yeah, and I th- like as I say, like they they do a lot under one hundred and fifty as well. We could have easily chosen one of the one of their tellies or yeah, I mean, or one of their other. They've got tellies that are under a hundred as well. So yeah, I mean you. They they are making that kind of that area of the market really really competitive. Yeah, well, like even even we t- we talked about like the the Cabernet two weeks ago, and yeah. that was like one hundred and eighty quid for a Cabernet. Like you yeah. you're not getting that for less than five hundred five hundred quid anywhere else. Like I know Squire did one for a short while, but they're not anymore. So you you like none of the big companies are doing stock runs of those. So we. Even if you want the Cabernet sound, and yes, that didn't quite give you that. Yeah. Drop the pickups out. Put some pickups from Fletcher or from anybody who's making a, those those TV Jones style pickups. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, you've got yourself something. Then maybe it's cost you another another eighty to hundred quid on top of that, but it's still under three hundred quid for for something that's you know a, a a guitar that you'd have to go custom if you wanted to get it from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's giving you the option of guitars that just aren't available anymore. Um, yeah. And I think uh, companies like GFS do uh, do relatively inexpensive replacements for um, for pickups like that. I'm sure they've got TVG and Styles ones. Um, so, I mean, they're going to set you back probably twenty, thirty quid a pickup yeah um, and if it's not a specific um, pickup that you're after if it's just like standard humbucker or single coil people like Tone Rider and Iron Gear you get yeah. that kind of price point and you um, they're, they're decent quality yeah um, but yeah as you say we've got the luxury of uh, having Mr. Fletcher um Relatively close, um, yeah. So um, th- there will be hand hand wound pickups in the states or wherever wherever else people are listening. Like, I mean, I know I know people who spent stupid money on pickups, but like Fletcher's hand wind winding pickups for fifty to seventy quid or whatever his price bracket is. Yeah, might be might even be like forty to seventy quid, depending on what the what the pickups are. You yeah you. If you want quality, and you can get it. At, it does. You don't have to spend three hundred and fifty quid on a Joe Bonamassa signature <laughs> pickup. You can you can yeah. get hand wound pickups that sound good for certainly anywhere sub a hundred quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as well as uh, as well as Fletcher's stuff, because I mean, obviously, I'm I'm well versed in in that. I keep hearing stuff about Oil City and um, Zombie Dust as well. 
Mojo is another one that's yeah. British um, that I, I hear quite a lot of good things about. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's plenty, um, plenty pickup manufacturers out there that will hand hand wire you some stuff for, um, not necessarily kind of your um, your bigger brand prices, especially yeah. if you're looking for like the um, the the Bonamassa sets and and the like the the specialist sets. Because they, they can run up some ridiculous prices on them. Yeah, it's like 529 quid for the for the set of the Bonamassa ones. And they're like 300 quid a fucking pickup. And it's like, where are, you, where are you getting those prices from? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's probably where we're going to wrap it today. Um, we have got some news. But I'll, I'll, again, as per usual, we'll probably save that for the, uh, the Sunday cast. So by now... Um, you, you, yeah, you'll have heard it. So, <laughs> yeah. have that. Um, yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, what do we do? What do we do at the end? We do a, a little sign out, don't we? We do. We do an outro. We do, and that goes like this. Um, so, thank you for thank you for listening, listeners, and thank you for getting this far. Virtual high fives to you lot as well. <laughs> you just hit the phone with your hand. <laughs> Someone's gone over, Danny. Um, yeah. I just kudos to the commitment. Um, if you want to catch us online, uh, we do the the Fret Talk podcast group. We're in Facebook. Um, we're also uh, kind of partnered with the Pedal Boards of Doom um, website and um, Facebook group as well. So. Give those a check out as well. Um, if you want to catch me specifically and check out some of that awesome YouTube stuff that we were talking about at the start of the show, um, it's facebook.com slash budget pedal chap, instagram.com slash budget pedal chap, or youtube.com slash budget pedal chap. Oh, it's really, really difficult to remember that now, guys. Yeah, that's it. You've got no excuse. Um, if you want to catch Matt online, he does a plethora of different things. He talks about wrestling on the Bad Bookers put Bad Bookers podcast. He is on Twitter and on Twitch and Instagram, uh, Instagram as well as heel underscore Matt Q. Uh, check out his Twitch stuff. It is bloody hilarious. Um, I might have done some drunk tricks singing on Friday, so <laughs> that's a there you go. That's your treat. <laughs> um, I'll definitely be checking out more of that because uh, last time I did check it, out, it was a it was a hearty hearty laugh. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean you you've got your bands as well. You've got Switch and your new one. We I, I certainly I'm not aware of any online presence at the moment. I. I Although there's like three members from the old band, I'm not even sure if they're re- resurrecting the old name. We haven't decided any of this yet, so there you go. Once they get out and gigging, I'll let you, I'll I'll have something more specific. So watch this space. You'll probably yep. get put in charge of the uh, the internet-y stuff, considering they're uh, <laughs> they're all older chaps, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, probably. That'll be great fun. There you go. Another <laughs> another string to your bow. Um. Yeah, cool. So, 
just absolute massive thanks for for listening and if you want to do the podcast an absolute solid as well share this with your friends and and family and all of those people who you think might tolerate some some relatively guitar based chat um (laughs) sprinkled in with a bit of innuendo as well for good measure um but yeah yeah share it make uh, make it known to people because the more listeners we get the better this the better this podcast becomes um, and we might even be able to then start funding some some stuff aye some stuff and things some stuff and things I know yeah it's like a proper business plan this isn't it <laughs> turn up to Dragon's Den with, with this get laughed straight out there I want £60,000 for 1.5% of the company, please. That's it. You don't have a company. Yeah. yeah we've got a podcast, a, though. Yeah. yeah. Deborah Meaden, straight away, I'm out. <laughs> don't think she's got any money. She says that before we get out of the fucking lift. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Oh, those guys. I'm out. So, I think we're, we're still podcasting now. We said we'd, we said we'd stop about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> So, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Whee! It will be a tatty bye for you, Joe. Tatty bye and good night for this week. From this tatty week. Bye. Don't even think that was a word. From, from this week. From <laughs> this week. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. Bye. on in a while I haven't had to edit a podcast in a long time